Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Elder Girls Live Feed. We have some fun things to talk about tonight. So we're going to wait just a couple minutes here, and Sarah is going to join us. And then um, we're going to start talking about some things that we have put together for you, hopefully, that'll be helpful to you. So uh, Sarah is going to request to be in this live. Hi, Sarah. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Welcome. I'm doing good. I've been just getting ready to go. So here we go. Awesome. <laughs> Well, this is exciting. That looks good. Yeah, now you're actually in the frame. We can see you good. This is awesome. Okay. Well, we're going to go. We're going to go ahead and get started tonight because we have some things that we've prepared to talk to you about uh, regarding back to school. It's that exciting time of year already. Can you believe it? We're already through the summer of 2020, and we are heading into the 2020-2021 academic year already. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, it is. It's gone so fast. And of course, with everything going on in the world right now, um, that's added to everything. Can you hear me okay? Do I sound like I'm in a box? My setup's kind of odd tonight. Just a little bit. Um, I don't know. Can you hear me okay? Is the volume okay? Yeah, the volume's good for you. I'm going to turn mine up a little bit. Is that better? That's much better. Okay. So Sarah and I talked. Hi, Marisa. Hi, everyone. I'll just start this off by saying welcome, everybody. We're so excited to have you join us tonight. And we're excited to share, you know, some information that we've been working on with you. And also, we just want to say that um, we're so glad to have you following us and, and investing in this effort of ours. And we, of course, we know we're not experts. At, we're not um we don't know everything. We have worked in our field for a long time. So we have yeah. gained some knowledge in those areas and we've learned some things while working in those fields and that we want to share some things with you from that. But um, we know we don't have all the answers, but we hope that we have some encouragement to bring. That's the main thing tonight is we want to encourage our families that are facing this new school year under uncertain circumstances. And so true. Just want to say we're so glad that you're here and we hope that you glean something from this and that it's helpful to you we may not greet every single person as they join tonight so we want to make sure and tell everybody that we're super excited that you're joining us and then we'll try to greet again at the end but we're going to try to keep this to 30 to 45 minutes because we don't want to bore you to tears <laughs> and we're calling tonight part one because as we were going through it last night there's so much information you could go two hours on this stuff oh my word. when you're dealing with everything everyone's dealing with right now and so we're going to try to keep it to 30 to 45 minutes. And so we're going to jump right in. So, Sarah, is there anything you want to say before we get started? I'm just excited to be here. And I'm so happy that we get to talk about one of our favorite things, school. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It seems surreal that we actually are starting school back up because this, with everything that's happened this year, it just seems like it's still summertime and it's actually school, school time. So, um, I'm really excited to get to talk about a heartbeat of mine. Yes. And I, if anyone knows both of us, they know that we're passionate about education. 
<laughs> and we are passionate about helping others and helping students of all ages. Sarah works predominantly with like probably K through six age, age group students. And I work predominantly, well, when I was actually teaching in elementary, it was mo mostly like sixth to 12th grade area of students. But now I'm back in higher education. Sorry, there was something in my eye there. Um, but now I am back working in higher education. But that doesn't mean my passion for uh, K-12 has left at all either. I think there's, I try to do that through Sunday school and extraneous activities so that I can still have, you know, influence in their life and interact with that age group. I love them to death. So we're going to go ahead and jump on right on in. So we're going to start tonight by talking about what does back to school look like for you and your family in the fall of 2020. And um, we wrote down a couple questions last night. And one of them was, is uh, COVID factoring into your fall school plans? You know, how is, how is, how are all of the things going on in the world right now affecting your school? And if so, what are some ways to avoid the COVID blues and still make back to school fun and exciting this year for your family and for your students? and your children. And so Sarah, let's start off by just talking about what does back to school look like for your family this year with everything going on? Well, um, we have changes, not so much due to COVID, although there is some COVID things factoring in to our changes this year. But for the most part, um, for the most part, it's mostly because Antonia is going to be a junior this year. And with her being a junior this year, we have prayerfully sought putting her in the Step Ahead program. So we, my husband works in Hutchinson Community College in Hutchinson, Kansas. And so he set up her testing and she went and tested and she cleared and tested fantastic and so she's actually going to be this year taking some college classes as well as high school. Um, so with that being said, there is quite a bit of changes because she'll be actually going into the college for her math class. And then she will be doing most of her other curriculum at home online. And of course, she's going to be going into Faith Community School, which is the school that she's been attending for the past several years. Too, too long to remember <laughs> at this point in time, I have to take time to count on my fingers. <laughs> um, but yes, so we do have some differences this year. So it's an adjustment for me because she'll be going in um, she'll go one day a week to faith community school, but she will, starting in October, she'll be going in four days a week because her math class is the, um, accelerated math or college algebra class. And so she's actually going to be going four days a week, one and a half hour per class. So mom will be left in Pratt, Kansas, while dad and Antonia travels to Hutchinson. So that's an experience. Um, I'm sure the Lord's going to help us through. He always has. But so that's what our school year is looking like. And so uh, it's kind of the same, but kind of different. So is there going to be anything that you've noticed this year? Yeah, it's going to look quite a bit different here for our families. A lot of it is still up in the air. I've had some friends talk to me that their children are going to school. And out here, um, 
we don't have a church school at our church. They did many years ago, but um, they haven't had that for quite a while. But many of the students here at The Rock go to charter schools in the community. And then some of them go to, of course, public schools here in the community. And then some parents homeschool as well. Uh, but it's varying from school to school. However, the charter schools are still covered by the public or by the Department of Ed funding. So they're helping. Right the same you know restrictions or standards or whatever the case might be that the other district schools are held to as well so that is affecting you know our families and uh, I know one friend told me that their daughter or their child is going to school three days a week so it's going to be kind of like faith community school was you know it's going to go more to a hybrid um, set up for learning and uh, their their child is going to go to school three days a week for two hours in the morning on those three days but the rest of the week will be at home and the way that specific school has it set up is for like say a classroom of 30 kids they're splitting it into two groups of 15 and one group will come in from 9 to 11 and then the second group will come in from 11 to 1 and so they're just you know picking whoever's in each group, they're they're not uh, going alphabetically. They're picking them by random to be in each group. And in that two hours that they're in the classroom, that's where they get their, their curriculum schedule for the week. And that is where, you know, if there is a hard problem that students are getting stumped on, they have an opportunity to ask a question or whatever. But, you know, when you're used to having a teacher available and teaching you two hours a day, three times a week is not a lot of classroom instruction. Absolutely. Yes. It's um, it's definitely going to look very different for our families this year. And then um, another thing is even the schools that are saying they're doing that, they don't know for sure. And the families won't know for sure until the week before school starts. So they're kind of having to plan, but have a plan B. You know what I mean? Right. So yes. it's, it's creating, you know, there's a lot of anxiety for families right now and a lot of uncertainty. And so, um, the challenges is figuring out how to do that. Now with Antonia going to Hutch High, or excuse me, Hutchinson Community College, I heard you say, I think that one of her classes are on campus. Is that correct? Yes, her algebra class. So is she having to deal with any of the things like mask and and um, social distancing? Like, it, are they setting up the campus, you know, to deal with those kinds of things? Have you heard? Yes, absolutely. Right now they um, just sent a, an email out to all of the, parents and workers uh so it it affects our family as workers because of course joe working there he has to wear a mask and then antonia when she begins to go they are saying that it will be mandatory however because kansas is not as quote unquote bad with covid right now some of the things are starting to back off again in some areas. Now, I don't know about Hutchinson in particular. They did say on the email that they are putting that it's mandatory, but they will not force and the police will not come in and, and find them or take them out or, you know, they, they can't make a big deal about it if the students don't wear it. However, the employees are required to wear masks. There is going to be social distancing in the setup of the classroom. We don't know how that's going to look yet, but I'm sure once we start going in to her class, we'll see exactly. I kind of have a feeling, you know, how that they're taping off areas and restaurants and stuff like that. I kind of have a feeling that may be possibly what they do or 
have a row with students every other chair and then skip a row and the same you know so yes there is you know i'm kind of smiling and chuckling inside while you're talking because i remember how everybody grumped and hated those ac deaths <laughs> yes social distancing before social distancing was cool right <laughs> that is so true <laughs> how's that set up see they're already prepared they can just right operate they've already got dividers between the students and the students are not breathing on each other and <laughs> that, that is so true so many times during this whole you know period of time where everything's crazy i thought man all these ace schools they were social distancing before social distancing was cool <laughs> maybe that's why i don't have such a problem with the you know like we go into a restaurant or whatever and there's blue x's everywhere and i'm thinking What's the big deal? We had dividers on each side of us all of my, you know, half my life in school. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot, I have gotten a lot of chuckles out of that through the whole school. You know, I'm not making light of what parents no. are facing, but that just kind of tickles me when I think about it that, yes. <laughs> that, um, that yes. was the norm for us before it was the norm. <laughs> right. Norm so true. Not a new normal. It just depends what environment you were in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, speaking about that, Sarah. So we're going to talk about Antonia today, and you've worked with Littles, you know, predominantly through the years. We know you're certified to do a preschool or a daycare if you so choose. We learned that last week. And so, speaking of, you know, previously working with the Littles and now um, homeschooling Antonia, of course, this year as well. What is your workspace going to look like this year? I'm sure it's a lot different than it was when she was little, but as a homeschooling parent, what what kind of environment do you set in your home for homeschooling like? What does her workspace look like? What does that look like for your family? Can you unpack that for us? Yes. Um, we actually have a desk and we set it up and we have it in a centralized location, which I am very huge on because she does most of her schooling online. She is the type of person that likes a lot of hand on, but the curriculum that we have to do now is mostly online curriculum. And so we have made sure that our computer is in the living room on a desk where everybody can see what is being utilized, what kind of website she's going on, even for research. Um, we don't, we do not at this time have a filter on it, but we have been researching filters, which I'm going to put a plug in here. Focus on the family has a whole list of the 10 top filters. Oh, wow. So if you are looking for a place to go find out about filters, I would say go on to focus on the family site and look at the top 10 list of filters that they suggest. I know sometimes those can be a headache because they won't even allow you, you know, if, to do a normal research, but in my opinion, that is vital. Uh, my daughter is, is my world outside of Jesus Christ, the church and our family. She is number one. And so we have made it very important that the computer is out where everything that she is on can be seen. We also have uh, in the, in her bedroom. Now I've set up which I've done this for years since she was little, little, I have a whole area where I display her trophies, her medals, every accomplishment that she can get on that shelf in that wall, that particular wall. We have that set up where she can look to that and she can say, 
I can do this again this year, whether she's getting trophies or awards or not. In her mind, she can say, I worked hard. I accomplished that. I made those goals. I set them and I accomplished them. So I can do that again this year. I also keep my refrigerator. If you saw it right now, you'd laugh because I have, it's loaded, but I have been cleaning it off and clearing it out so that if she has any kind of projects, whether it's a paper that she writes or a story or anything, I try to keep that where she can display it because I feel like it's very, very important that her work, especially when she works hard and she feels proud that she made a good grade or something she did and took time to make a good grade is available to be displayed in our home, not only for dad and I to see, but for anybody that walks in, because we want them to know that we're thankful that we have a child or a daughter that is willing to put in that effort to work and earn those awards. Yeah. And so I feel like that's a really important thing. We praise our kids, no matter what age they are, from little, little to college, even through college. I remember, you know, just a quick little side note here. When when we were going to college and we would accomplish or learn something, um, in particular, I was in concert choir. And so I would get so excited because we would learn this super hard song with these intense parts, you know, doing all different kinds of stuff. And I would come home and I'd be telling mom and all excited and whatever mom would just praise me to the sky, you know? And so I'm really thankful that, uh, that is a, a, um, thing that needs to be done in our homes. I think as parents, especially this year, with everything that has been going crazy with the COVID, I think it's really important that we let our children know that they can work hard. They can accomplish things, no matter how small or old they, you know, old. And I say, as a, a student, no yeah. matter how young or older they are, that it's okay to display those accomplishments. That's yeah. huge. So, yeah. Do you feel the same way? I mean, is it just me? <laughs> I hope not because I really feel like in our world that our young people in the church and our children definitely need to be um, awarded. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I definitely feel the same way. I think that's important because I feel like um, too often, it, especially with like everybody kind of being under the magnifying glass of social media and Yes. Now we're super subject to everybody, to superficiality and the judgments of people around us. You know, like everybody yeah. has, every other parent has an answer for how you should parent your kid. Every other teacher has an answer for how mm -hmm. you should teach. If you're a teacher, every other professional has an answer for how you should be a professional. You know, that's kind of the, the con of social media today. And so yeah. I think that sometimes the expectation and the anxiety on kids can be so intense because especially my personal belief, and I'm not a parent, I'm an educator, so I've seen this from a lot of different sites. My personal belief is no young person belongs on social media until they're old enough to get a job and buy their own phone. And then even then, they need to have parental guidance. <laughs> because yeah. I've worked in the public school system, I've worked in higher education, I've been a principal and administrator of a school, I've been a substitute teacher, I've ridden in cars with Sunday school students from literally what we out here would say the hood i don't mean that in a negative way but that's literally right. where they are and i've seen what they're exposed to on social media and yes. so that's just my take because when and these young people but there are 
whether I agree with it or not, they're on it. And many are. And so then they feel the pressure of their peers on social media. So they need that support and security of their family to let them know when they're doing something well and to make yeah. sure that they focus on letting them know they are doing something well and they're, they're um, doing good things and they're making that progress. So I think having a reward system and a merit system is vital. And so I think even at Antonia's age, especially because she's a young adult, she's a, she's a teenager now, you know, and she's becoming a young adult and she's in a stage of life where as a young lady, you know, she, she's, she is um, forming her self-image right now. Her self-image is being formed and her identity is being formed of who she sees herself as. And so speaking into that is very vital in the right way right now. And as parents, I think it's super vital that um, students hear from their parents and their teachers at school. So we know that not every parent is going to homeschool this year. Some schools are opening, but they need that. Um, they need that recognition and they need that validation you know they need that assurance and that they're yes and so yeah i definitely agree with that now what does your schedule look like for a day for now we know antonia's junior high or junior not junior high she's a junior in high school and she's doing the step ahead program but do you still have a schedule for her like what does her day look like so she's doing some classes on site she's doing some classes at home she's going to faith community school some days so it you know she's she's doing this hybrid thing too she's not all homeschooled but what does a typical day look like in that and and do you keep a schedule are there certain disciplines you still require you know even on the day she's working at home what does that look like for y'all Absolutely. She is on, we keep her on a routine, a very strict routine and schedule. Um, when, when she's now their hybrid school is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday on site in class, being that we're here in Pratt, she either goes on one of those days. Last year, it was mostly on Thursday, but now, you know, with me going back and forth to garden city every other week to teach voice and piano lessons, Thursday is kind of an out. So, she will probably go either on Tuesday or Wednesday on site. Then on Monday and Friday will be her homeschool days or hybrid days where she actually stays home, except for in October when she begins her college algebra class where she's doing the uh, four days a week. So she will probably go into town starting in October with her dad on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, he leaves about seven o'clock because he has to be to work at eight. She will go to her class, her math class. Then after she gets out of her math class on Monday, she will go to her grandma's house. Or, um, you know, if we work something out with somebody else, sometimes she likes to go to, uh, we have family members over there and very close dear friends. Sometimes she'll go to their house and we require that she does her homeschool if it is not complete. Now, last year, before she went to the Step Ahead program in college, she was so diligent to work through the week on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that most of the time her schooling was done for the whole week before Friday. So she really didn't have to do much homeschool, if any, on Mondays and Fridays. But she worked like a Trojan on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I I mean, it was, it, it made me tired watching her. But if she wasn't able to 
accomplish that and get all of her days done on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then more than likely she would work on Friday or Monday, depending on what she had going on, if there was a youth event or whatever. So we will keep to that routine. Now on Mondays, if most of her homeschool is done, we allow her to sleep in till about, you know, because with church on Sunday, it's a very busy day. We'll allow her to sleep in till around 9.30, 10. But then she has to get up and she has to complete her goals if they are still goals to be done or work that has not been completed. So let's if, let's drill down. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but let's drill down into that for a minute. You said she has to get up. So is there an expectation, even when she's working at home, that she still gets up and starts full day like regular? Absolutely. The reason is... Because if we allow her to slide on Mondays and Fridays where she does not stay in that routine, then it's a booger trying to get her up on those days. Then it's a constant fight, argument, da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da. I don't want to get out of bed. I want to I read my book because she's an avid reader. She loves to read. Mm-hmm. And she's not by any means. She's not perfect. She's not um there's there's not things that yeah she doesn't I don't want to qualify but she's she's human she's a teenager and there's things that she enjoys more than schoolwork just like any other kid you know especially in certain subjects but we keep her on a schedule and a routine because it makes her life better she feels more secure in staying on routine and on schedule and Now she started something this year with her dad, which I am thrilled about. He started doing a bullet journal and he got her into a bullet journal. That's a whole nother podcast, which is really, really cool. Yeah, we have to. I mean, especially for young tweens and teens up, even young kids that you can buy journals now for young kids, which bullet journals are really in depth. So I wouldn't suggest that for a really young kid. But for tweens and teens, I am all about bullet journals because she gets up in the morning now or at night before she goes to bed, she will bullet journal in her journal everything she has to do for the next day, including making her bed, her chores, her schoolwork. She's already started schoolwork. We talked a little bit about this, um, you and I, last night when we were discussing what we're going to visit tonight with. But she includes in that bullet journal, it's, it's her schedule, her time, her routine, what she's going to do at what time. And so she sticks to it like glue. And then she checks it off when she accomplishes, you know, in her bullets, she checks them off and she uses stickers. She has colored pencils, markers, everything. So she keeps herself on that routine and it has made her days better it has made my days better because i don't have to constantly remind her antonia did you get your schoolwork done antonia did you do your chores antonia did you whatever and so she has done that on her own thankfully you know her dad taught her how to do that and it has been a tremendous help so i have a feeling that this year is going to be a pretty good smooth transition with her already in the routine of her journaling what needs to be done in what order Sarah, I love that you brought that up, and I want to take a minute and dig into that and and speak to that for a minute because I actually had that written on my notes, smart goals. Because, yes. like, I wanted to give our parents some tools that were executable and applicable tonight. 
that mm -hmm. uh, whether their child's going to school on site and they're dealing with this whole new chaotic schedule or whether they're in a hybrid learning situation or a completely virtual learning situation or 100% homeschool with paper curriculum, you know, books and, yes. and papers and CDs and DVDs and whatever curriculum, like what are some applicable and um, specific tools that they can use in these situations? And so now you're talking about Antonia using a bullet journal. And I literally have written down SMART goals. And I was thinking about how important it is um, for parents, or if you're a teacher and you're not a parent on here tonight, and you're just on here because you're um, a teacher and you want to know how to implement this in your classroom even, it's so important to have students make goals, either weekly or daily. Um, yes. Sometimes you hear us refer to ACE on here, which was Accelerated Christian Education, because that's how we grew up. I hated right. the goal card growing up, but as an adult, I've come to appreciate it because... It, when you get when you get when you adult and you're living life how do you know what you're going to accomplish the next few months without creating goals you know and so i think that at this level and this in, in ace they were kindergartners and first graders to do this and i thought man that's kind of crazy well now my pastor why uh teaches on making goals all the time she teaches it for hope course she teaches it for everything how cool is it that you have to give ACE kudos because they saw this. Yes. We were in ACE in the 80s, and they saw right. the value of teaching small children to start making goals, daily goals mm -hmm. and weekly goals. They would set their goals for the week. And when they finished that goal every day, they marked it off their checklist. Yes. Lights on. I mean, it makes total sense now because it gave them a sense of accomplishment, and it was a visual for them to know every day what their expectations were or every week what their expectations were. So I would like to encourage parents, even if you're not in ACE, you can make goal cards for your kids. They're super simple. You can Google goal cards on the internet. You can Google ACE goal cards. You can, they're literally a card that has Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on it, you know? Yes. And, um, and then it has the hours of the day. Like if they school, whether it's at home or school, if they school from eight to three, then you put it in hour, half hour segments on the goal card. And for that hour or half hour, they write in what they're going to do each day and accomplish for that period of time. And when they're yes. done with that goal, they get to mark it off. And then you can implement some cool award system and reward system, the merit system. Absolutely. If they get all their goals done for the day, they accomplish all their goals for that day. They get something out of the treasure box. And if they accomplish yeah. all their goals for the week, Maybe they get something special, like a day out with two friends to go get ice cream, you know, or right. if you're not into the food thing, a day out with friends to go ride bikes, you know, and yeah. something that's special that work up to. So don't be afraid to implement SMART goals. And what SMART goals stands for is specific. Make those goals specific. Kids, they mm -hmm. are literal. And, it, and even I interrupt. Yeah, go sorry. Can I interrupt you there? Yeah. Antonia, I was looking at her bullet journal and I'll have to show a page in it. Maybe we can do that next week when we do part two or whatever. But even in there, when she does her specific bullet, you know, points of things that she's got to do, I noticed in here also that she not only just like with schoolwork, chores and everything, she puts in there if she's memorizing a scripture for the week she puts that in there. She also puts in their names of people that she's praying for. 
And every day it reminds her, these are the people that I need to pray for. So specific is huge, especially with tweens and teenagers, um, just because it keeps them on task and on track. And it lets them see every day, what am I accomplishing? This is cool. I accomplished this. I accomplished that. I accomplished this. And then at the end of the week, they can look back through their whole week and say, wow, I did this, 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 this week. And when they go to a job after school is over or college is completed, then they get a job. They have no problem being a fantastic worker on a job because they're already in a routine and a system of checking off things. Absolutely. So when you're doing your goals, you want to make them specific and be literal about it, but keep it as simple as it needs to be for the age level and grade level of the student. It needs to be measurable. It needs to be something that they can measure over time that they can see. Like, even if you put like a ruler on the wall and they're marking mm -hmm. off an inch, so maybe they're trying to complete a book or a project and they're marking off an inch on that ruler every time they're completing you know they get it colored in with a marker yes. every time they complete a segment of that project so that they can see that it, they're measuring their progress on that item it needs to be attainable don't make it yes. so huge don't do right. it you know you don't want the 8500 foot view at that point in time you want the eight foot view <laughs> pretty high kids in school you might want right. the bit four foot view <laughs> but at that point in time make it attainable something that they don't feel like they're spinning their wheels all the time like roadrunner and they can never get to where they're trying mm -hmm. to go that just wears them out and makes them feel like they're not getting anywhere and make it reasonable you know don't set it like you should be watching your child and learning how they're learning. This is for teachers and parents alike. Um, and I shared a, I shared a resource today that shows the different types of learning, like visual, um, auditory, you know, the different types of learning. And it's a, it's a really neat little resource. Please save it to your phone, do whatever you want with it. I shared it in our stories today, but when you know how the child learns, then you can make that goal reasonable within their mode of learning. Like, right. That's, a visual learner, it's not reasonable. Let's use the right terminology here so that it all ties it together. It's not reasonable to expect a visual learner to accomplish this project the same way that a, a an auditory learner is going to complete the project or a linguistic learner. You might have a kid that is a fantastic reader that is, yes. you know, on the reading project, and then you have a student that's a visual learner on this reading project. And if the reading mm -hmm. is all words and there's no pictures, that visual student's going to be frustrated. And they're, yes. they're trying to keep up with this linguistic learner that learns language style by reading words. And it's not reasonable. And then they feel overwhelmed by it all. So make sure that right. it's reasonable within that frame and that mode that they learn within. And then the last one is make sure it's timely. Give them a start and a finish point. Yes. Even those goals. Don't make them never ending and everlasting. They don't have to be Amen. like the Lord. <laughs> um, yes. You want to make so true. And give them a, a start and a finish. And so that's one skill set that I wanted to share or a skill, a tool that I wanted to share with our listeners tonight is smart goals. You can, we think about that as adults. We don't really think about uh, putting that into practice, into education, but it fits there as well. And it fits with your students mm -hmm. and it fits with your children, you know, however you're, working with them. And so um, what are your thoughts on that, Sarah? 
Well, I, I definitely agree that I think all of that needs to be done. And, and you were speaking on one thing here just at the back, at the end, I'm going to circle back around to about some students being more of a, a visual learner and some being more of a book learner, being able to, I am a visual learner. However, I love to read. So it depends on what the subject is that I'm studying or whatever. I, I can learn either way. But in some subjects, I have to have the visual in front of me. So as a parent, if you're having to homeschool this year or you're wanting to homeschool this year or you decided to homeschool or even in a school, if you're working in a school or whatever you may be doing, don't expect every student to have to learn the same. And don't be harder on those that don't learn like others. Right. Fill them out and be flexible. And if a student is struggling learning in this way, then get creative and go find some, some sources, which I don't think tonight is the night we're going to give a lot of sources. Next week is the week we're going to give a lot of sources. But there are sources out there where you can do stuff for free. You can do downloads, uploads. Uh, then there are some that are very, very inexpensive. I will mention one tonight. Teachers pay teachers, parents for homeschooling and those that work in schools. That is a fabulous source to get creative for different styles of learners. And you can print stuff off sometimes free, sometimes for a dollar, sometimes for two bucks. So be creative and don't be harsh on those that don't learn the way you think they should learn at home being at home homeschool is an awesome opportunity to be flexible yeah and so you know I think I was telling you last night Anna when we were talking that there are times when I can see Antonia is getting super duper frustrated and she has plugged away and worked and worked and worked on this concept and it's just not clicking and so I'll just grab my purse grab my keys and say come on field trip time and out the door we go Absolutely. and I'll take her you know We'll go to a museum. We'll go for a ride. We'll drive to the lake because we've got a little lake here in town. Or, you know, when we lived in Hutchinson, I'd take her to Dillon's Nature Center or down to the park and we'd feed the ducks or just to get her out of the house away from whatever she was struggling with. Or, you know, after school, I could see mom, you know, she was stressed and whatever. So I'd say, you know what, let's go for a ride or let's go do this or let's go do that. And so be flexible. Understand that our kids, our children, our teenagers they struggle with concepts and no matter what level they are, sometimes they're very hard and they're struggling to catch that. And so don't be harsh on them. Don't be impatient with them. And here's a biggie, Anna, and maybe you can put your input in on this. I cannot stand it when parents or teachers talk down to their kids or their students like they're stupid. Yeah, no. How do you feel about that? I disagree with that hugely. So no matter if they're learning it the way you think they should learn it or not, never talk down to them and treat them like they're stupid. Because once you do that, you lose their respect just like that. Yeah. So yeah, you be careful with that, especially in homeschooling. Oh, absolutely. You lose influence with them. You lose their trust. Trust is fragile. And their students like, Okay, so I wasn't here, I wasn't in this space in my thinking, honestly, probably 10 or 15 years ago even, but I've learned a lot about emotional intelligence, social intelligence, and cultural intelligence. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not trying to be super politically correct or anything, but there are some of these things that are real life, that when yes. we 
opportunity to learn them, we utilize them and we grow from learning them and utilizing them. So you think about a student that's coming to school and, and you're assuming, or I'm assuming that I know what their home life is like. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking, you know, stereotypical me, you know, that tends, we all have our presumptions of how everybody in the world operates and lives to some extent. I'm thinking this kid has it good. They have nice clothes. They have, they come in a nice car. Well, we don't know that in their home that they may have a spouse or not a spouse because they're a kid in school, but they may have a family member that is verbally abusive, mentally right. abusive, manipulative, emotional, that loves to prey on their um, lack of confidence, their insecurities, mm -hmm. their weaknesses. And so we are in school, we have this opportunity to build trust with the student or as a parent, you have opportunity to build trust with your child. And you have yes. to think about, so I'm gonna talk from an educator standpoint here for a minute because I'm not a parent. But parents, one thing is, uh, um, I'm going to tie this in real quick. When your child's on a schedule and you're homeschooling, you have to be on a schedule too. Absolutely. Of it. Don't be social media on social media while your child's homeschooling and ignore them and then get frustrated if they ask questions. And the same for teachers teaching in school. While you're teaching a student, be present. They are yes. worthy of you investing your time and your attention in them in that moment. That should be our priority in that moment is to be present. And so you have the student to circle back to where I was at a minute ago. You know, they come from a home or a background that's not um, typically a well, not typical. What we would say is a good home environment or whatever. And they come to school and they have this teacher that's not investing in them. And then this teacher talks to them like this person. Yeah is talking to them that already yes. makes them feel insecure or lacking in confidence or whatever the case might be and so in that moment their trust in their teacher is shook <laughs> i'm going to yes. use a young person word it's shook you know yeah because they thought well i thought this teacher would treat me different than this other person that makes me feel like i'm not up to par or whatever the case might be so teacher you have an opportunity um, to speak into your student's life and to build confidence in them and to build their self-esteem and to speak hope. And, and especially right now, because the whole world's in chaos right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yes. Like if we don't think our kids are feeling the anxiety of everything going on right now, we are fooling ourselves because yes. if we're feeling it, we can only imagine what they're feeling. If mom and daddy's not sure about their job and the child's feeling the parent's stress right now, there's a whole new level of anxiety these babies are dealing with and these young people are dealing with right now. Absolutely. So sorry, it makes me emotional to think about because, you know, we take for granted that we give them a safe place and they don't feel these things. They still feel these things. They're little human yes. emotions, you know, and cares and concerns. And so they feel your anxiety. And so when you're, if you're teaching them in this hybrid situation or they're in school and you're an instructor teaching them remember there's all these things going on in their world mm -hmm. so that might mean we have to um we have to uh, be careful ourselves right about what we're dealing with ourselves don't reflect and project your emotional issues on your students absolutely <laughs> that's to parents as well don't project your emotional issues on your children while they're in school because they're already under the stress of learning things they're already under the stress of dealing with new concepts and then you and your husband might have had a fight in the bedroom and then you want to go out there and say why aren't you ahead on your schoolwork i want you to be done by yes. 
and they're they're not there who knows for one they're stressed because they might hear you over here in the bedroom with dad fussing or whatever the case might be and then they're stressed about that and then they're working on a hard project so you know you get it i don't have to go into a lot of detail but i'm just saying use emotional intelligence and if you have to research that research it use yeah use cultural intelligence use spiritual intelligence above all um, absolutely one other thing i want to say too sarah and i don't want to hog conversation here but i was thinking about i work with systems a lot in building curriculum and in administrating at the rock church here and there's four words that we use when we're dealing with systems we use the words plan prepare execute and assess and we even deal we do that with curriculum as well and I'm going to add a fifth word to it. And I'm going to share this as a tool to parents, you know, as you're going into the school year. I'm going to encourage you and say, use this tool of system building in your approach to education for your child this year. Think of it as a system, whatever it looks like, whether it's on-site at school, but it's totally different than it's ever been. Whether it's a hybrid situation with all these components of virtual, on-site, whatever, or it's a completely virtual situation, or it's a homeschool paper curriculum situation, use this approach to system building. And my fifth word I'm going to add to it is I'm going to put first is pray. My Absolutely. first word in that is pray. And then plan, prepare, execute, and assess. So pray first that God will give you wisdom how to approach the year then as you feel the leading of the Lord in guiding your family and your children through the year, prepare to the, prepare based on that approach, like make a, a schedule, make a plan. And, oh, I'm sorry, not prepare. It's pray and then it's plan. Make a plan based on that approach that you feel like God is leading you or you feel in your heart to do. Make a plan of action and then prepare to execute that plan. Prepare your mind, get a mind, a, a growth mindset, uh, stop looking at the negative in the world and how this has changed your schedule and this has rocked our world and it's not normal. Yes. Um, but prepare your mind, prepare your heart, prepare your spirit to go into this new territory of education that might be an opportunity from God for us to grow and to learn new themes prepare to go into that and then execute. And when you're executing, execute with excellence, but don't be afraid of the bumps in the road because this is new to all of us. None of us have ever been in a mm -hmm. pandemic before. So don't freak out if you don't do everything right, but what you can do good, do well. So you don't have to go back and redo it again. And then take some time every few weeks to assess what's going on, assess your plan and see, do you like it? Are you making progress? Do you, is the schedule working for you all? Do you need to make some adjustments? Do you need to tweak a few things? Do you need to fix a few things? And quarterly is a good time to do this because then you can look at the past quarter kind of like you do in school anyways and look at the past quarter and see what's worked well. And then you can start planning for quarter two and get ready and prepare your mind to go into quarter two. So that's a tool I definitely wanted to share with you tonight that I felt like God laid on my heart. Sarah, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I think that is huge. I did want to circle back. You had mentioned about prayer, um, but there was something else. I know what I wanted to say is I don't know about your state where you're at, but if you're homeschooling now in Kansas, in the state of Kansas, we are required to 
register our homeschool online. Yeah. So that is a necessary thing to do. The other thing is, is keep records, 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 Absolutely. records. Yeah. Huge. Because when your child, if you decide and schools open back up and you have to go back to school or you want to go back to school in a school setting, a full school setting, you are going to need precise records of grades, subjects that were taken, um, and any extracurricular uh, things that your child did that can count, especially in high school, for credits. So that is a very big thing is make sure you keep precise records when you're in homeschool. Also, another thing, Anna, that you had mentioned about is that I'm huge on is prayer. I really feel in my spirit and in my heart, and I get emotional when I talk about this, I feel like this is an opportune time for us to do what Deuteronomy 6 teaches us, to write God's word on the tables of our children's hearts. And so what an opportunity when we're homeschooling our children, no matter what age, for us to be able to have awesome discussions about God and about if, you know, if they should start talking to you. Antonia and I, and here I go back, I'm not just touting Antonia, but she's my daughter, so this is my example that I have. We have had fabulous discussions already this year because of the COVID situation. So what an opportune time to point out how awesome our God is, how that he is fulfilling prophecies that have been in his word for years, how that he is setting this world up and preparing us and trying to get people to wake up and turn their hearts back to him and towards him. And then he's preparing us for the rapture because the rapture is getting ready to take place. So what an awesome opportunity for us to teach our children and to, to follow through on what God has told us many, many years ago in his precious holy word. So in your school day, if you're doing hybrid or you're homeschooling completely, incorporate God's word, have them memorize scripture, um, Play stories while Antonia loved listening to Odyssey, Adventures in Odyssey while she was working. And if your student is able to do that, I say go for it because it helps them to zone in and get going and they accomplish their schoolwork tremendously. Um, sometimes we would just listen to a good old Bible story. You know, there's there's lots of sources that I'm going to give next week. We're going to we're going to download and put the links on where you can connect into those. But huge, huge is even pray with them every morning, have a little bit of time of devotion. If you start your school off now, I know in the school, when Anna and I had the school, the first thing we did in the morning is we all went to chapel right. and it wasn't necessarily chapel. It was devotions in the morning, but we spent like five minutes on a small, short devotion. Then we prayed for about 10 minutes and then we went to work and it was awesome to start the student's day out in prayer and a little bit of God's word. And I think it will help not only your children, your teens, your tweens, your young children, but even you to be able to, to walk through this time of change and everything that's going on. So um, I think that that's huge. And then one last thing is be flexible in their schooling. 
if they are not an online kind of student, be open to looking at, and I can give you a list of like the top 10 book learning, um, just fun stuff. I've got a list that I'm going to share next week in part two of all kinds of sources that I have utilized for Antonia that makes schooling so much more fun. So be flexible and don't, don't just feel like, you know, if my child's not learning and making good grades, we just have to stick to this. Be flexible. Be able to, to change and say, you know what? This isn't working. Let's find something that will. That's awesome. So we're going to start wrapping this up because we were saying we're going to try to keep it to 30 to 45 minutes and we're almost at an hour. You can tell we're passionate <laughs> about the subject and we, we had some things we wanted to share with you. Um, one of our listeners asked, do you have any suggestions to help when a child who is being tested is this, is dyslexic? And I don't off the bat, but we will research that and we will contact you and work to share some resources with you on that. And um, we'll, we'll, I'll work with Sarah and let her know what, which listener that was. And um, we'll work together to get you some resources and we'll contact you personally and DM you personally um, with some resources that we want, we run across. So I just, in wrapping this up tonight, I just want to say, you know, in this, in this period of time, we are rooting for you parents. We know you're facing yeah. like, maybe to some what seems like insurmountable circumstances. We know that a lot of parents are not only teaching their children, but they're working from home, which is a whole new dynamic this year um, that many of them, you know, maybe some have been exposed to, but is not typical, um, you know, until this point in time. And I just want to encourage your heart and tell you to take hope and that God is yeah. with you and we are rooting for yeah. you and you can do this. This is not insurmountable. This, there is a lot of learning involved in this. Don't forget to keep learning fun in this time. It doesn't have to be intense all the time because the right. world is intense right now. So make it balanced. Um, if you're doing some of the schooling with your children, take the opportunity to make things fun for them when you can. And, you know, keep that good balance in education. And instructors and teachers do the same in your classroom mm -hmm. for teaching in your classroom. Don't be intense with your children all the time and your students all the time balance that day out with fun activities. I, when, you know, and I don't want to go deep again because we're trying to wrap this up, but if they do math the first hour, maybe do something artsy the second hour yeah. and give their mind a break and then let them do something English. And different teachers have different philosophies. A lot of teachers say, knock all the hard stuff out first while their mind is fresh. Well, you know, it depends on your philosophy and it also depends on the learning style of the student. But don't make Absolutely. it so hard and so intense for them that they just dread going to school every single day, you know. And um, we just want to encourage you and tell you that we believe in you. We'll share these resources. I'll share smart goal. Uh, I'll share a ver visual of the smart goals. I'll share a visual of the system, the five keys to a system a systematic approach to education. So you have that. And then next week, we're going to come back for part two. And in part two, we are going to talk about some resources. And we're going to talk about recess and, um, and just a few other things that we're going to wrap this up for this year. And so we're rooting for you all. Thank you for listening in tonight. We are a little bit over our time. We're almost to an hour, but we hope that we share something with you that was helpful. And please feel free to give us feedback anytime we want to hear from you, Sarah. I just want to say I agree with Anna that we are praying for you all. We believe in you all. And 
we know ultimately that God is still in control. This world may be a mess right now, but I believe with all my heart that God is in control and he is getting us prepared for his wonderful rapture that is soon to be taking place. We love you all. Have a wonderful evening. All things work together for good to them who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. So God yes. has a perfect plan and all things work together. God bless you. Yes. See you next week. Have a good night. Yes.